Hi, this is Chad Stahelski. I'm the director from the John Wick Trilogies, and you're listening to Spoiler Country. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or use the voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Citizens of the Republic of Spoilerverse, welcome back! to Spoiler Country, and today, whoa, I said it wrong, yeah. I'm Kenneth Regan, that <laughs> is Mr. Horsley, and today on the on show, the show. <laughs> well, it's Chad Stahelski, isn't it? Stahelski, isn't it? Man, I, I said his name wrong to him, I felt <laughs> horrid, and then I just did it again, Chad Stahelski. That's that's quite the last name, and uh, it's actually not that hard when you look at it, it it's, right. it's just pronounced the way it's spelled. Right. And for some reason, I'm usually pretty good with names. For some reason, his last name I, I struggle with. I don't know why. Right. Well, I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. I I I could never freaking pronounce that one. But I was very sad that I couldn't make this interview because I was moving at the time. But I hear you had a good time. Yeah. I mean, it's for people who don't know, which yeah. I'd be shocked if you're listening to this podcast and you don't. Chad is the director of the John Wick trilogy, and ah, so good. Stop by, which is crazy. That we had, that we had him come on. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. pretty awesome. It's yeah, super awesome. he was great. He's a super nice guy. I think you guys are gonna like it. Uh, one thing to keep in mind: uh, every once in a great while, you'll hear some fluttering when Chad's talking. Uh, I don't know if it was his connection or my connection on her, because it's a phone interview. Yeah, uh, that might, but it it happens like I think three times, and it only lasts for maybe ten seconds, fifteen seconds, and then then the connection's good again. So oh, okay. if you hear that, just just be aware. You can understand what he's saying. It's just cuts in and out. It just kind of flutters. Right, right. So be warned. <laughs> so just be warned. Yeah. Uh, Chad is awesome. He He's heading up 8711, uh, which is him and David Leitch's uh, production company that they, that they created. And, and now underneath nice. that umbrella, uh, Chad has started 8711 Entertainment. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And he's going to talk about that. And he talks about his time on The Crow. Ooh. Which, if you go back, you won't hear a lot of you don't hear a lot of stuff about that. And if you don't know, Chad was the double after Brandon Lee passed away. Oh, he was He's the one who, yeah, he played Brandon. He he was the crow uh, for the for parts of the reshoots because he had a similar movie. body. And him and Brandon knew each other. They went to school together. Oh, that's cool. Martial arts school. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, so he talks about that, and we go over, uh, of course, John Wick. We go over uh, a tiny bit on Highlander and some sad news on Sandman Slim. Yeah. So yeah. let's get in there.
All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joint tuning in. Today, it's super, super cool because for some reason, he decided to come by Spoiler Country, take a visit, and we got Stahelski, Chad, the director of John Wick 1, 2, and 3. Thank you so much for coming on, man. No, thank you. Pleasure to be here. So are you staying safe? You staying uh, healthy during all this weirdness that is 2020? Uh, yeah, it's challenging like everybody else, but we have a, uh, you know, we have a cool setup down in Manhattan beach and, and outside of Los Angeles Yeah, where 8711, our company has production offices. So we're pretty, pretty isolated down here. So we have our, our set of offices where we still get to write and develop. Yeah. And then we have our facility 8711. That's in Inglewood, California, where, you know, we train stunt and cast and stuff. So we have our little isolated bubble there that we still get to at least do a little bit of training. And stuff. Oh, that's good. That's good. I wanted to ask you. I know that you have a lot of balls up in the air right now. You've been mm-hmm. tagged for, well, at some point, Wick 4 is going to happen, right? Or hopefully, uh, fingers yes, crossed. We, we hope so, yes. Yeah. But Keanu and I are very interested in in at least, uh, you know, trying to complete the story that we started telling with number one. Yeah, which is, I was excited for Wick when I saw the first, like I think it was on YouTube, or I saw somewhere where it said from the people that, from the people that worked on Ninja Assassin, and I loved Ninja Assassin because I'm I'm 46, and I remember in like Ninja Three, the domination, back of course. way back when, and I just felt like it was I was watching those movies just turned up to 11, you know. And I was a huge fan of all the Shokasugi stuff. Oh god, then. so good! And so when it said for the guys that worked on Ninja Assassin doing John Wick, I'm like, oh, I got to check this out, and then I. Man, I didn't know Keanu Reeves could could be an action star like that. I mean, I loved Speed, but I didn't know he could do it like that. Uh, he is very committed. He's super talented. He's a great uh, creative partner, I guess yeah. you'd say. Yeah. Once the way we develop things is, you know, we look at everybody, every department head, every cast member as a partnership. And before we even commit to doing a project, you know, we try to get to know everybody and we get to see the level of commitment and what they're into and what they're good at, what they're you know, what we, or where we can take them, not just talent wise, but possibly wise, you know, whether it's budget or scheduling and stuff. So we have a pretty good idea of what we, or what our potential is before we start rather than just, Hey, these are all great ideas. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean, so it's a little bit more, uh, I guess we're trying to improve our probability of success before we start. Did, did you hook him up with, cause I saw the training video on YouTube and it's insane that he does for the Wick franchise. Did you hook him up with the, with that guy to, to get him through all the, the running the gauntlet with the guns and everything? Yeah. I mean, we've tried, you know, we, when we did the original John Wick, we started with a guy named Steve Wills, which was formerly LA SWAT. Who helps out. I mean, we had no money, no time, no resources on the first Wick. Yeah. So we called in a bunch of favors and things that we really liked. And just through our choreography background and, a lot of us had done different styles or different types of shooting before um, or had been through certain courses. So we kind of employed what we could. We wanted to change a little bit from Wick 1 to Wick 2. So, you know, we got introduced to Taryn Butler, who had not only we'd seen online, but we had some friends that had trained up there and got the intro, went up there, tried it ourselves. And then we decided with, you know, nothing's ever perfect for what we want. So Taryn and, and all the three gun kind of, competition shooting stuff was the closest we could find to what we wanted and then obviously 
you can't go to a tactical gun place that actually does live jujitsu and shoot them in the head. <laughs> so you have to kind of piece it together. Right. So all the firearm stuff, the reloading <laughs> and the tactical stuff, we kind of get from three gun. Then we beg and borrow little bits and pieces for some of the other stuff. And then we throw in, you know, the, the martial art choreography of it all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really amazing stuff. I can't believe how you guys put all that together and then you watch it on the screen and you're just, it just flows so nice. Yeah, most of the stuff, most of our choreography, like, uh, again, for your listeners and stuff, like, martial art choreography, this is going to sound funny, but has very little to do with martial arts. Right. Most of our, how we train people, when you guys see, like, some of the behind-the-scenes tapes, most of the drills or how we do things, at least the methodology, I've stolen from, like, professional dance troops, mostly ballet. Yeah. About how to improve memory. Uh, Most people forget. Um, a lot of times you cut, 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 or you do fast cuts or different camera angles because either, you know, the choreography, <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes the choreography is not very good or they didn't have to try to change the cast or they're trying to hide something right. or that cast and camera, both are very, very, very important, you know, don't or haven't rehearsed or can remember 50 moves in a row. Yeah. So you have to improve not just your performers, but the camera guys and the effects guys, you know, the amount of prep we put into a sequence, it seems really easy because we do like one or two shots, you know, we'll do a few edits, but that just means everyone's got to practice harder. Yeah. So when we do, it's like all the stunt guys, our lead cast, we have to improve their memory. We try to get it just like a dance. I mean, anytime you go to a ballet, uh, like a ballet or a show with dance, like you're sitting down there for an hour and a half. Yeah. And how many times do you see a dancer mess up? Right. Very rarely. Right. So, you know, we look at it like, well, if your average line or chorus line ballerina or dancer can go an hour and a half, even if they're just chorus line, let alone the lead, and they can do an hour and a half of choreography, a fight scene is 20 seconds. We should be able to get our cast members to remember at least 20 moves. Right. And I think a lot of stunt teams and our directors or, or action teams don't even realize that. It's just repetition. Like, like, I mean, you know, especially today, like if I asked you to give me your five best friends phone numbers, could you do it without looking at your phone? No. Like we just don't practice memory right. anymore. You know, it's weird day, though. I can still give you my best friends from, from junior high. <laughs> yeah. Because you didn't have an iPhone back then. Yeah. Well, uh, but no, like, so like when you, you practice choreography, it's not about who can choke who out or who can kick somebody in the neck. We, we try to give that illusion of actual, you know, physical attribute, martial arts and the violence and all that stuff. Right. Um, or the technical prowess of it. But it's mostly, it's a lot more like how dancers train than how fighters train. Oh, that's so interesting. When I got to ask you a question, because you started off really as a stuntman. Are you still wanting to do stunt work or are you fully no, committed I, to I, directing? I, I've, I, uh, I was very fortunate. I had a, a very good career. Yeah. I started as a stuntman when I was like 21, 22 um, I'm six foot one. Um, I was a good size. I was at the time, you know, have a, a fairly decent gymnastic and martial art background. That's awesome. That could drive and do motorcycles. So I had a pretty good all around stunt career back in the day before. Mar- I mean, this was before matrix. So yeah. before martial arts were big, I was one of the few, you know, tall guys that could double leads that, um, that, that had that skill set. So, you know, I, I got done. And when I did the matrix, you know, I was only like 27 when I did the first one. So by That's the time awesome. I did the third one, I think I was 31, 32. Yeah. And, you know, the Wachowskis at the time had afforded me a chance to do some action, very minimal second unit action directing. Yeah. 
and then through Warner Brothers and Joel Silver and some of the other options yeah, a, that was going on at the time. You know, after Matrix came out, everybody was doing martial art movies. Right. So it allowed me to do a ton more second units. So by the time I was 35, I was mostly directing and or stunt coordinating. So I wasn't performing. Yeah. And that kind of helped, you know, at least Propel. preserve my body a little so, bit. Yeah. But at some point you decided, I'm going to lean in on being a professional stuntman. Did you go to your mm-hmm. parents and say, hey, I'm going to be a professional stuntman? What was their yeah. type of reaction? It was much worse than that. I, I came to, I was originally from Massachusetts. I came to Los Angeles to go to college at USC, or yeah. the University of Southern Cal. Yeah. Um, I originally thought about going pre-med, then I switched over to business and communications. And it's kind of like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Yeah. You sound like so, me. Yeah. Had a, I mean, had a good time at USC. I tried to, you know, learn to pay attention as much as possible. But <laughs> um, literally right before I graduated, um, I had been doing a ton of martial arts. I was working at the Inasano, the uh, Inasano Academy by Dan Inasano, uh-huh. which was kind of a college for martial arts. It's when they you were worked with Brandon Lee there too, right? Of course, yeah, that's where I met Brandon. That's awesome. So it was like this thing where, like, you know, I came from a judo background, then a karate background. Now yeah. I was a Thai boxer, a savat guy, a boxer, you know, Kali, Filipino martial arts stuff. Um, that's where we got introduced to, to Hicks and Gracie and to Sir wow. Tricer Suit, Salamas Lee, uh, Paul Detroit, all these great martial art guys at the time. So I was competing a lot and I wanted to, you know, you're young, you want to go kick people in the head and get right. kicked in the head. So I was trying to do a lot of kickboxing, whether it's Muay Thai or Savat or, or WKA kickboxing here. And, you know, literally the week I graduated, I got offered a chance to turn, you know, to fight professionally to go over to Europe and, and compete. And I kind of just jumped at that. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of avoided life for a little bit, going around the world, getting kicked in the head. Um, and I was doing an exhibition bout. And, you know, through the academy, a lot of stunt guys had come in and out of there. And they had seen myself and two other guys, a guy named Rich Citrone, uh, actually three, Eric Polson and a guy named Damon Caro, who are all still in the stunt industry. And we kind of got recruited into it, you know, yeah. or introduced into it, I'll say that. And then, you know, I happened to get together with the guys that kind of recruited me. We're, you know, soon to be very, very formidable stunt coordinators. So I got trained the right way. I got hooked up with the right guys. I kind of oh, got, got pretty lucky. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like working on the crow? Um, I came in. It's it's different. I was still very much a new stunt guy working on lower budget stuff. Yeah. Uh, the stunt coordinator was an instructor for me in Asano Academy, kind of a guy named Jeff Amata. Uh, Brandon, I think I had known now for like three, four years, maybe yeah. three, four years at that time before the crow, maybe four years, and then Brandon got it in his way. The movie was almost done. I wasn't I wasn't involved in it. Um, Up until the until reshoots that they the had accident. to do. Yeah, and then they had the accident, yeah. and I was asked. Uh, Jeff knew both Brandon and I, and we were friends. Knew my body type is very similar, and asked uh, once the people, Brandon's mom, Linda, and the director Alex Proas, and the studio decided they would like to complete the film, which was many months later. They came to me and said, "Hey, would you, you know, want to give this a shot?" I was like, "Of course, yeah." You wow. know, it, it it made sense that if we didn't move forward with it, it seemed like kind of a waste. Yeah. I'm so sure Brandon would want everybody to move forward with it. Yeah, exactly. So I spent some time with Alex Prowis down in uh, Crocal studios in North Carolina, uh, you know, watching what they had shot and done and, you know, getting directed by Alex and how to move like Brandon and how to complete the film. Yeah. That's crazy. I was, <clears throat> I was curious on that film because I loved it when it came out, you know what I mean? I was, mm-hmm. what was that? 93, 92. Like it was somewhere around there, yeah. So you know, I was like eighteen, nineteen at the time, and um, it was a big part of of my teenage informative years. So you know, and and 
Brandon Lee, it was a big deal when that whole, when that accident happened, it was like, I can't, you know, it was like, it was like a moment in time that everybody remembers, you know, like, yeah, I can't believe this happened. So it's, it's interesting to see an inside look of what, how it went forward. Mm-hmm. So you've been tagged to do Highlander. Is that still in up in the air or, or are we going to, are no, we hoping to still, see something? Just, you know, uh, you know, it's been something I wanted to do. Like, look, uh, you know, I say the story every time yeah. either can't or myself expected to do anything more than the first John Wick. Uh, then it kind of so good though, Chad, they're so good. Then <laughs> the third one. So it's been like, you know, exploratory for me as a director and exploratory for me and kind of both as creatives to try and figure out cool stuff. Yeah. Well, the cool thing with Wick is you guys have kept something new on every iteration. You know, I, you know, I, I can't, we'll take a little credit for that, but like, luckily, you know, it's, it's the process behind the John Wicks are a bit odd. Um, you know, we were afforded whether on purpose or accidentally a lot of creative leeway because no one really, uh, inhibited us or really understood us i don't think yeah so they're just like yeah go do some kooky action we'll see what happens and you know after it started catching on uh lionsgate the studio uh in a very positive way kind of let us do our own thing they're like uh it's cool i don't really know why you got horses and dogs but yeah we trust it i mean they've been very good getting us creative mark i mean no really because like you know if you think about it, it it's it's, it's a lot of trust that has to go in from a studio that, yeah. you know, you know, I know everybody bitches and moans about the, the difference between creative and money and all. So it's just like, look, I'm asking for a lot of money. Right. Um, and like, if you had to give your buddy 10 grand, you'd be, you know, like, okay, I, I'm cool, but how are you going to spend this? Like, don't be right. an idiot. Right. You know, they're giving me millions and millions and millions of dollars to do things. And again, in retrospect, you're like, oh yeah, of course, John Wiggy. Well, they're great. But at the time they don't, they don't read great. You right. know, when you, when I pitched the first movie, you know, with Keanu and my partner Dave Leach at the time, like, look, we're going to do a Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, we're not going to cut. We're going to do this really slow paced stuff. We're going to coordinate it like dancing and he's going to kill 80 people over a puppy. Like that doesn't, that doesn't come off well to your <laughs> right, investor. Right. You know, which explains why we made it independently. And the next one, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this whole rock opera thing in Rome and catacombs. Uh, and Keanu's going to fight during a rock concert. We're going to do this. And then he's going to kill a girl in a pool that's committing suicide like that does not read well and then you read the third one i'm gonna do an opening chase where no one talks and we're gonna throw knives that bounce off people's heads and he's gonna kill people with a horse (laughs) again these aren't common ideas in most scripts right right people go in and they want you want how much money (laughs) yeah exactly like yeah no no we don't know but to the point, like every every time I've had to go through with the student, look, I get I get the funny looks. I still get the funny looks. Right. But like you know, to like uh, you know, to their credit, they're like, look, uh, okay, you know, and they they let you go with it. You know, obviously you have to be fiduciary responsible. Right. <laughs> not that I'm overly that either. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna lie in case the studio's listening. Yeah, I heard but you guys like, spent um, like a bunch of money to recreate a whole freeway system. So that you could r- crash like 30, 40 cars before you even started shooting. Uh, that was on that was on the matrixes, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That wasn't on Wick. That was on the matrix. But yeah, like, look, I spend more money in prep than probably any two directors. Yeah. Um, just because I, 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 it's not about just rehearsing for punch and kicks. I want my crew there. Yeah. If, if you rehearse just with the stunt guys and the camera guys have never seen the fight and they, you show up on the first day, I mean, why do you think Swishy Cam is there? Because the camera guys aren't experts. They, you know, poor guy's got 80 pounds on their shoulder and they're trying to keep up with, 
you know, stunt guys have been practicing for three months. Right. So I spend money bringing my crew on early. I spend money scanning locations early. I spend money makes, doing way more. That seems smart than to me. Else. You're just prepping and being prepared. So then when you actually um, shoot, look, everybody knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I know. And again, you can go to, why don't they do that on every show? And it's just yeah. because look, there's good directors. There's bad directors. There's good crews. There's bad crews. Just like any other thing in life. Right. Look, if you give, you could, you know, I get the studio, the studios have had people go on and say, yeah, I need all this prep. They go and the movie's still no different. Look, they just, if you're smart and you get more prep and money, you're going to do smart things. If you're dumb and get more money and time, you're going to do dumb things. It's yeah. no different than anybody else out there, you know, and, you know, hopefully, you know, people hear what we say and, you know, there's some really good action directors out there that didn't come from a stunt background that are fantastic, I think. And they do things very, very similar. I mean, you know, a, a smart idea is a smart idea. It doesn't matter who it comes yeah. from. Yeah, that makes sense. So you have 8711. And I think mm -hmm. you just launched a new production company, 8711 Entertainment, under that umbrella. How's that going? And what's that's it going to offer? That's good. That's where I'm sitting right now. That's um, awesome. Look, I like genre stuff. I don't think that's hard to see between Highlander and, and, and John Wick and some of the other stuff we're doing. Yeah. I just, you know, like, look, there's there's a lot of good directors. That, I mean, there's so many directors out there that do different things. There's guys that love horror. There's guys that love the superhero vibe. There's guys that love action. I love all kinds of stuff. You yeah. know, the genre stuff that I don't think is, you know, I want to do cool I love things like Predator. Where's the yeah. Predators? Where's the Aliens? I love ninja I love movies. It. Okay, so where's the ninja movies? I love, you know, genre bashing stuff. Like where's military horror? Where's Western sci-fi? Where's yeah. So a lot of the projects, and as well as like world creation stuff from sci-fi to John Wick, like stuff hyper real. Right. So I just decided I want to start a company that gets writers, creators, developers, and directors together like those kind of genres, and we're, that's what we're going to focus on. And so that's what we're focusing on right now, that, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's awesome. To, it, uh, to develop from the ground up with the creatives that come up with it and try to get it to to, to the screen. I got to ask you because you were tagged, you've been tagged to, to direct my, probably in the last 10 years my favorite book to come out, and that's the Sandman Slim series. And we had Richard Kadri on, the, uh, mm -hmm. the writer. It. Many times to Richard, he's a great guy. Oh, a wonderful guy! And I was—I'm hoping that maybe you have some good news. That yeah, it's still there. It's it most likely going to happen, or you know what I mean. Maybe you have some type of news that you could <laughs> share. Yeah, no, like look, I was attached to it for quite some time. Yeah, and Richard. I'd, first of all, I love the book series. I love start. I love, I love the characters in the book. Um, it's got that it's supernatural. Good private yeah, eye it, genre like bending that you were just talking about. Yeah. I love the way Richard writes. It's one of my favorite series. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's been a long, long time. Um, was attached for a while. I'm just kind of overloaded now. I yeah. was with Jeff Robinoff's company, Studio 8. So I, since uh, we did a couple of versions of the script, something we were very, very happy with, just due to the timeline and do that, you know, they want to make it. And rather than keeping it in my queue or my, you know, lineup, I don't know when I'm going to get to it. It's a product or a, uh, a, pro a property that uh, a studio wants to make sooner rather than later. I kind of had a bow out. Yeah. Um, oh, that's still, too bad. Still trying to produce and help develop whenever I can. Yeah. Uh, they know I'm always here for creative consultation. Well, maybe 8711 Entertainment can get into it because. Yeah. You man. never know. Like, look, in Hollywood, things drop and come back around. I would love to do it. It's just, it's not fitting in my immediate schedule. Yeah. Immediate being in the next year and a half. Because, like, again, I was expecting to do the first week and, you know, go back to stunt work. And I did the second week. Then I was, you know, okay, maybe I got a direct After the third one, it seems like, okay, um, 
I was ready. I kept saying to everybody I was done after the third one. And then literally the day we wrapped, I started writing ideas now for the fourth and channel. And I came back and said, right, we'll try one more. So it's kind of, you know, and I get people can't wait around for you. You, yeah. know, you, can't, you, you can't sit around until I'm done with every dance to, to get your thing going on. So you, you hopefully, you know, you try to get around your head that you made a difference. You, you've moved the ball forward. Hopefully... What they're doing with Sandman now, I love the property. Nothing would make me happier to see that thing come to fruition in a very good way. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But, you know, I, I also kind of hope that someday I trip back over it and it's, it's a possibility here. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Chad, I, I know you're a busy man, and I know we had limited time, and I, I don't want to take up too much because I know you got things going on. I really so much appreciate you coming on and giving us a few times and talk about John Wick and your time on the matrix and in the crow and all that stuff. If you ever in the, in, in the area and vicinity, I would love, man, I'd have you on every day if you wanted to. So anytime you want to come back on, please let me know. Cause I, I, I no, cherish this time. I really do. No, hey, you have a good day, man. You too. And thanks again for the interview. Thank you. Talk to you soon. back <laughs> i was i was waiting for you to say it <laughs> every time uh what'd you think that was awesome and i i after listening to it i'm even more sad that i wasn't there and was able to join that one because he seemed pretty cool yeah he's a really cool guy uh it was sad he still wants to do sandman slim he just has so much on his plate yeah um that he's kind of bowed out uh, but he's hoping it comes back around. He says it's it's he loves the, he's read all the books. He loves the books, oh, and he perfect. just knows that there's you know at some point it's going to happen. Studio Eight, he said, is really pushing it. They want to get it out. Yeah, so that's good. So well, hopefully they need they need to make it into a series because it's it's just, the books are so damn good. Yeah, I kind of think I I would love to see it as a movie. But I'm with you. I think a series like on yeah. HBO or Netflix or you know yeah. Something like that would, would do the series more justice. I mean, there's like 13, 14 books now. Yeah, and the, the books, there's, there's so much going on in them. I couldn't imagine them trying to fit all that into a two-hour movie. Right. Well, you'd have to do one book per movie. Even then, there's too much in one book to fit in a movie, I think. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, detail. you could definitely do a Game of Thrones with it. Yeah, yeah. And actually have all the books, though, so it doesn't like start to fall down. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was I was I was sad that he was like yeah I really want to do it but you know with all the stuff on his plate and he's he's working on he's working to get Highlander going yeah and hopefully he said uh, Wick four will happen and I think when Wick gets greenlit he, everything else gets dropped oh yeah because I mean it's a huge series it's such a good series <laughs> oh my god oh my god you know and I we talked about you know it was cool talking about the training that Keanu uh, Reeves went through. Nice. You know, and he hooked him up. His his guys, his eighty seven eleven production company hooked him up with uh, the trainer. That if, if you go online and yeah. watch Keanu Reeves uh, gun training, yeah, for oh, I've seen it. It's crazy. Wick, it's crazy. It was like, oh my god. I told him, I was like, well, you heard in the interview. I was like, I I, I knew I knew Keanu was great at action. Don't get me wrong. Like I love Speed. I love The Matrix. I knew oh, he yeah. was good. But it's a whole different level on Wick, dude. John Wick is its own level. I mean, it's it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. And you talk and you hear him talk about you heard him talk about uh, preparation, yeah. and that he'll do 
he'll spend most a lot of his budget on preparing for the shoots. Right. Because he goes, like, you come in, because he's a stuntman by trade. So you come into the theater, or you come into to film shoots, and the stuntmen have been training for three months. And then they'll start shooting. In some places, it's the first day for the cameraman. Oh, here they are putting up this 80-pound camera on their back and trying to get these shots, these amazing shots of these what these stunt guys have been doing for three months. <laughs> It's better to have everybody. He goes. He he wants everybody there. The the cameraman, the the makeup artists, everybody there to yeah. practice to to do preparation, so that when they actually start shooting, when you come onto this set, everybody knows their role. Everybody knows what's going to happen. That's it's cool. so smart. He's such a smart guy. Dude, that level of that level level of dedication to your craft is just it's impressive and awesome, and which makes sense. I mean, with, with the quality of those of those movies that come out, you know, when they did was, Matrix, they spent. They spent a few million dollars creating a freeway, a section of a freeway. They built it and then crashed like 80 cars. Jesus Christ. Just before they even did a shot. Dude, I want to I want to go on set for one of these movies and it's like, watch the magic happen. <laughs> that would be so right? amazing. That's what I want to do. I really want to sit and just learn what's things after after the recording was off. Uh, we I asked him questions. I was like, you know, could you have any tips about Yeah talking with people like you in the industry and stuff like that, because we love movies. And he, and he told me, he goes, look, before I came on, I had his, he had his publicist uh, tell him about us. Yeah. Right. And he goes, you know, you guys come across as people that ask smart questions. Don't, you know, you're not into the hype. You're into actually learning about the craft and yeah. you honestly love what you're talking about. And I'm like, that's exactly, that's, that's exactly yeah. it. That's hundred percent true. We don't want to, that's why we don't blow fluff. We don't, you know, if I, no. if I, if it sounds like I'm blowing smoke, I'm not, I no. honestly believe that way. It's and, legit. <laughs> yeah, it's legit. And I was like asking him, cause I was like, he was a second unit director on the first John Wick. Yeah. Right. And he got co-directing. I, and I believe that's how it works. And he got co-directing um, things with David like Leitch. Is it Leitch or Lich? I think it's Leitch. On, sure. With, with John Wick. And they worked together on, uh, Speed Racer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, if you go back, that movie is incredible for what, how they shot it and what it is. It's nuts. And uh, he learned a lot on that on that movie, and then started to, you know, put that craft to Wick and to, and then he learned a lot from the Wachowskis on right. Matrix. They let him do some some fight choreography and settings and, and shootings. And yeah, man, that guy, he's so he's kind of climbed the ranks to get to where he's at. So he has a very good knowledge of everything from the ground up. Right. You know, which is great. And so I was like, I, you know, second unit product, second unit uh, director. I don't understand what that means. You yeah. Know? And what is that? And I was like, I'd love to have him come back on. He'd, he'd love to come back on and talk Dude. about the how you shoot a movie. I love that. And what things mean, and everything means different things. Like second unit director on one movie might be completely different on another movie, and it could be uh, the people doing the FX, right? Right. The shots in post, and 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 putting those things together. Sometimes they'll be considered the second unit director, and so there's there's all these different things that happen. So it just be a lot of fun to be able to have him back on and talk about yeah. that stuff. Well, if, that, if he comes back on, I'm definitely going to be there because. Uh, I feel like I could, we could, you and I could both learn so much from someone like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. 
There you go. And I think with that, that's a show. That is a show. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. Uh, Not every day we get Chad on and and get people of his ilk on the show. Uh, So it was a lot of fun. If you enjoyed that and you want to hear more from people like just like Chad, go over to spoilerverse.com and check out our back issues. There's a lot for you to peruse. There's so much there from our show, from all the other shows on our network. And there's also articles and previews and reviews of TV shows, movies, and comics up there from all of our writers. And there's a store link you can click on to go pick up a t-shirt or a hoodie or a face mask or any of the cool stuff we have there to one, look fly as hell, and two, to, you know, help us out, help pay the bills a little bit. You know, we get a dollar a dollar to kick back from those to help us, you know, keep the lights on here and to show your love. You guys go. All right, Johnny, there's only really one more thing left. Yes, it is. In an ocean's of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and... <laughs>